Joshua Toomey is on Good Company. Holy crap, dude. We've known each other for uh how long have we known each other, man? Like at least six years, right? Five or six? Yeah, it's like five, six years, man. It's been a long time. Yeah, man. It kind of flies by. Uh, you were a big, you kind of inspired me when I first started. I always tell people there's like two people. It's like one of my best friends, Kurt Thomas, and you. Um, yeah, right. I remember uh, I always tell people I was looking up Stuck Mojo stuff and I found your episode. And what number was that when I first found you, man? That was pretty early on. Yeah, I think we looked it up the other day. I think it was in the 40s. Like, so it was within the first year of me starting the show. So, dude, the evolution, like we were talking earlier about me, like fixing little problems from the start. I mean, you started off basically on a, on a, what was it, just a desktop computer with, I mean, what, oh, what kind of, what kind of <laughs> setup do you have, Ben? Um, I mean, going back to the starting of the show, like I literally sat down and said, I'm going to start a podcast. And like two weeks later, I, released my first episode and I was using an, an app on my phone that would record phone calls. And so when I would, so if I interviewed Scott Bowling, I would call him <laughs> on my phone and we would just do a phoner over the phone. And you know, my voice, uh, my, my phone would capture the audio, kick it over. I would record a, a quick little intro outro with a really crappy mic. I got off Amazon for like 25 bucks and, and yeah, it was, and like I used our 10 year old home desktop computer <laughs> that was a, a big hunk of garbage. And, and yeah, I just figured it out, man, kind of day, day by day, week by week and trial and error. And yeah, it's, it's been a while. I remember the first time I, I did an episode and I went back to watch it and just the, the cringe, what was it like hearing that, those first couple episodes when you're phoning them in or whatever? I mean, were you, were, yeah, was it where you did you watch it be like, all right, I got to improve or I just I don't know. Like when I watched it, I was like, oh, my God, it yeah. was pretty, well, pretty brutal. I would listen a lot back in the day. Like I I, I listen now just to edit and I kind of I don't kick it back. But I used to listen at work. I would go to work and listen to the episode and kind of listen to how everything flowed and stuff. And actually, the first episode I remember ever doing that that I was happy with from like start to finish was around episode 2021 when I interviewed Mark Rizzo the first time. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, I, nice. I remember just kind of going away from that, going, all right, all right I think I can do this. But I mean, Yeah, like, dude. But episode 20 is like, what, four or five months in, so that's crazy. Yeah, man. Um, today, I was actually going through uh, some 12-volt negative. Um, your reunion 12 show negative was... 12-volt negative Earth. Earth, yes. <laughs> what did I say? 12-volt, yeah. <laughs> your uh, reunion show, though, it's on um, YouTube. I saw that today. I thought it was awesome, man. Yeah, it was funny, man, doing that show because that's the first time I'd played a show since like 20 or no, 2009, maybe. And so like even back then, the the, the camera phone wasn't as big of a deal, obviously, in 2009. So it was funny to walk out on stage and play a show in, in 2022. And it was like a press conference. It was like everybody had yeah. their phones up. And, and I've been interviewing people so long that it's it's funny to kind of be on the other side of all of the camera phones up, you know, filming yeah. you. And I'm like, I wanted to be like, put your phones down. Let's just have a good time. You know, and I, I finally <laughs> had that opportunity to feel that way. Dude, I, I I know, man, you grew up going to see shows and stuff and you were in bands back in the day. But I remember I would bring those cheap little uh, disposable cameras. Oh, yeah. You know, and take those. And that was a big deal, you know. Uh, but yeah. yeah. You were so you. I've never seen you. I don't think I've seen. I've watched the full show and I've never seen you like on stage performing. I was like, dude, I mean, you're really good, man. <laughs> it, it, it blew me away i was like damn that's awesome uh yeah, actually we had got a, some props oh yeah. go ahead no we i was gonna a, say actually, um, yeah you go no i was saying we had a, a <laughs> uh, photographer come out to the to the to one of the rehearsals and and the one thing that's nice about you know re getting the the band that you were in as a teenager back together like in your 40s is you guys can all really kick in and actually get a decent uh, rehearsal space you know so we rehearsed right. like in a you know we rehearsed at the same place like you know a real band that was about to go on tour would rehearse and uh we had a photographer come out and take some photos and i got the photos back and i was like it's like damn that guy might need to be on stage again that guy looks pretty cool <laughs> man i, I look cooler yeah. in my 40s than i did in my like 20s man dude uh even back in your 20s you had dreads and i thought your dreads were cool and then and now you got the the straight hair i wish i had that you see my hair is like wavy man but yeah i got hair envy man there you go. nice man <laughs> yeah but you did great though I, was, I just love i love it man it was really good i got some props though and this is the all first right. time doing props on zoom all right we got props we got props and this was from the time i was gonna have you on the show here at my house and i still have oh, them nice. But so the first prop, I have it. 
made. And then today I'm looking, I'm like, I don't see Toomey on the prop. And, <laughs> and you can uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Man. Are you no, that is not me. No, no, no. See, I, I bought the stupid thing and you're not even on it. <laughs> but if you <laughs> if you look closely, the guy, the second uh, second from the left or whatever, yeah. you, you put your finger there. Uh, Boom. No, no, not that guy. Two over there. That's Chris Kale from Five Finger Death Punch. Whoa, that's crazy, <laughs> man. So yeah, he uh, he he joined when I left uh, Twelve Volt to go to Primer Fifty Five. Uh, he stepped in and played bass uh, on that on that that era of the band. But yeah, did did you set that up when uh, when you left? Did you have like a him as a replacement? No, I mean, we you... we we had met him. Uh, he he played in a band out of Lexington, Kentucky called Cut Love Kill. And we uh, we met him on our very first tour ever in like 1998. And we uh, we played a show with his band. And so we met. And actually, the way I met him was uh, I, I, I we were the opening band on the bill. And I said I sound checked my bass and, you know, I just propped propped my bass up against my my amp, you know, as I was when we were done sound checking as, mm-hmm. as a rookie would do. And uh, the sound guy was going through mic and stuff, and he knocked my bass over, and it, my the headstock snapped off. So I didn't have a bass Whoa. to play because obviously first tour, one bass type thing. So the band playing after us was was Chris's band, and uh, I was like, "Hey man, you know, uh, touring band, you know, can I can I borrow your bass?" Right? And he had a BC Rich Warlock back then. He actually kind of brought the BC Rich back now. But that's the first time I'd ever played like a pointy bass with all this. Like, all, I just felt so ridiculously metal back then. But uh, that's how I met him was, was <laughs> my bass broke and he had a bass and we became friends. And then uh, and then he had us to play, you know, in Lexington with his band. And then he came down and played uh, Nashville with my band and, and kind of traded shows, you know, like you would back in the day. But yeah, Chris is I've known Chris since, like I said, since I was like 19 years old. Yeah, man, that's uh. Have you ever? Do you still go back and play those kind of basses that he was playing, or do you do you have your own? No, I have my own. Um, I ended up playing a, a Schecter Diamond series for a long time. Here, I got props. Um, Matt. this guy here for a long time, so it's kind of pointy and it has a pointy headstock, you know. But uh, I played. Yeah, that it's one. nice. I played that one for a long time, and then actually for the reunion shows, I bought the Thunderbird. So I always wanted a Thunderbird. Uh, it's kind of interesting that we're all three bass players. Like I started on bass. Oh yeah. Johnny plays bass and you, yeah, I got my bass right here too. I was just thinking that was kind of crazy. We could have a bass off, man. Hey, show your bass. One second. Here we go. I traded this bass for a Mitsubishi Gallant. (laughs) (laughs) I think you made out on that one. Oh yeah, dude. It was a, it was trash. The guy was just being nice. It's like, Hey man, here you go. (laughs) <laughs> Actually, Neil, Neil Fountain owed that space, man. So it's it's pretty cool. It's pretty nice. Sweet. Yeah, no doubt. Um, so with twelve volt negative, um, am I saying the right twelve volt negative? Earth. I like I'm missing Earth. Earth. I keep missing the Earth part. Earth. I'm like twelve. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna keep on like dropping little things. It's, it's at the end of this interview. It's gonna be like twelve. Now, yeah, uh, right. <laughs> you were in a band once, right? Yeah, <laughs> you're in a band. Yeah. Are you guys gonna do more shows? More reunion uh, shows. We keep talking about it. I mean, the the one thing that was like the best part of doing that reunion show was really just getting in a room with those guys. And it just really picked up right where we left off, you know, because we we were all really good friends, played in a band together for a long time, went through, you know, obviously your early I was in my late teens. I guess they were all I guess we were all under 18 or under under 20. So we were all in our teens back then. Um, and, you know, just seeing each other grow up over the years and getting us back into a room together, man. It was just like nothing, you know, our guitar player, Cody, with the stupid dad jokes that he still told, and, <laughs> you know, just everybody, everybody just kind of picked up right where they left off, man. And, and it was it was a lot of fun uh, to, to play with those guys and, and to see those guys again. I love the uh, the story you're telling about. All you guys are Titans fans, right? So didn't, wasn't yeah, the yeah. game playing that night or something? You had to yeah. You had to watch we, the show. we were we were um, we were rehearsing on Sundays, and the first two rehearsals were fine because they were just or or you know no no football. But the last rehearsal before the show was the the opening day of the NFL season. And so I brought a TV with us. We popped it up there. We were rehearsing and watching TV at the same time. <laughs> and we actually got done wa- uh, with rehearsal. Our our, our hour was or, or four hours were blocked out 
but the game was still going on and the, there was a, like a sound guy tech guy that uh, ran the place and I was like and there was a band coming in after so we had to get out so I was like hey man do you mind if I plug this TV up in the hallway and so <laughs> and so like at the end of the game we were all huddled around this TV and you know plugged up in the hallway man but you know, yeah, yeah it's we, funny um when when uh, when we do good company when we do like the big production at the house yeah. it's like all dudes right we have yeah. one girl that just does makeup that's how fancy I am I have my own makeup lady and she's yeah. the only one out of like 10 guys that watches uh football <laughs> nice. yeah, so it's never ending jokes uh it's kind of funny this interview because i'm going kind of backwards here but um i have in big letters bobby how do you know bobby from prime 55 bobby burns i mean you, you joined prime 55 yeah um man I, that, that goes back to let's see um right uh, let's see 12 volt puts out the EP baby steps, the little green EP with the baby feet on it or whatever. And mm -hmm. we, we were at a time where we, we couldn't tour a lot financially. Um, so I had been to a show and met a guy like selling CDs in the parking lot. Like he was him and his bandmates were walking around discman discman's and you know, <laughs> yeah. put the headphones on. If you like it, five bucks. If you don't, you know, we'll go just going down the line. Right. And so my drummer and I at the time, uh, we were like, let's, let's just try that. You know, I mean, you're, I don't think I was 19 or 20 at the time and, um, no care of the world kind of deal. And corn and stained were going on tour together. It was like the year 2000, uh, the sick and twisted tour, I think is what it was called. And oh, yeah. we had a, we had a friend, I think on the, in, in corn's crew that was able to get us tickets. So we, we went to, uh, let's see, where did we go first? Like Indianapolis, and uh you know did the line you know made our five bucks a cd or whatnot went mm -hmm. to the next show we would basically make enough money for a hotel room at the end of the night and then just kind of keep us going keep us you know giving us food and stuff like that it's funny how many people would just buy the cd without even listening to it like you would find yeah. like, hey man i'm on i'm out you know trying to sell my cds five bucks oh here's five bucks here's five bucks you know and we would sell enough to 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 get a hotel room and and eat and then um Stain was supposed to play a off show in Louisville and primer is from Louisville and they were going to open the show. So we go on the off day to sell the CDs and kind of continue our little racket that we got going on. And, uh, stained ends up canceling, but we're already in Louisville. So we go to the show, we see primer play live. Um, Bobby was walking around after the show. I was like, you know, basically like, Hey man, here's my CD. You know, <laughs> you guys are cool, blah, blah, blah. And and that's the first time we met. But when I met him, he was walking around and he just had this like air about him, like cool. He was like a cool guy and had like, you know, positive energy, you know, flowing off of him. And you know, that it factor, if you could like bottle up the it factor, uh, yeah. you know, Bobby Burns just, just exuded it or whatever. And so, uh, a little while later on the, the website, the PRP posted that uh, Primer 55 lost their bass player and drummer and they're holding auditions or something. And I didn't know how to get in touch with Bobby, but I had, I knew the guy that runs the PRP because he had uh, reviewed 12 Volt Negative Earth's first two CDs and, and you know ran some news stories on us a little bit here and there. So I had a little bit of a, a, an email relationship with him. And so I emailed him. I'm like, Hey man, you know, how, how do I get in touch with Bobby? And he actually wrote me back and he goes, he goes, you got a really cool thing going with 12 volt, but here's the, here, here, you know, here's the connection with Bobby or here's his email address or something. So I get the email address and I'm living in Nashville at the time. Louisville is like, like three hours North of me. I'm going up. I audition. Um, I auditioned a couple of times. This is right before the new release comes out. I auditioned a couple of times, I actually even helped them like audition other drummers. I, I brought wow. a drummer one time with me, um, but it came down to me and Kobe. And actually I had this, had this call with Jason, uh, you know, rest in peace. Uh, I called yeah. him one day and I kind of like put my foot down and I was like, I'm going to be, if you don't take me today, you know, you don't get me kind of thing. <laughs> right. And it's like, and, and knowing, knowing the dynamic of the band. Now, Jason was the last person that was going to make a decision in that band. So I, uh, but I called him and I, you know, I was trying to be all high and mighty and uh, he didn't, you know, obviously he's like, well, I can't give you that answer today. And I was like, well, I don't, you know, take me out of the running or some, some high and mighty nonsense. Whoa. <laughs> and, um, and then 
they they came through Nashville on that on the on the the, the new release tour. I ended up seeing Bobby again, talking to him. Um and then somewhere in there, like I just I I you know, 12 volt kind of had its run. I was in the band for like six years, just just never felt like we were going in the right direction. You know, now we probably should have stayed together and maybe pushed for a little bit longer, but that's uh hindsight being 2020. But I just I just had one of those days, man. I just packed up all my bass gear, told the guys I quit, um, drove off, felt like the weight of the world was off my shoulders. And when I got home, I I, I knew like three people that that could possibly get a gig with kind of thing and bobby was one of them and i i texted or emailed bobby and i was like hey man you know i'm not in a band anymore if you know i know of anybody that needs a bass player please let me know and he wrote me back that he wanted to do a side project after primer like after this next primer tour um so he's like why don't you come up to louisville and i'll this is this is how old it is to come up to louisville hmm. and i'll play you the demos not not email them to me not just you know, drop boxes <laughs> to me, like physically bring yourself to my house and I'll play you the CD. And, uh, so we, I, I drove, uh, you know, a couple of days later, I drive to Louisville. We drive around in his car, listening to these demos. And I've said this many times, he could have played me anything. And I was going to say yes, because it's Bobby birds. It's a guy in a big <laughs> band. And you know what I'm saying? But I mean, the demos yeah. were actually really cool. I did. I, we ended up doing that band later on, but um, it was good stuff. As a band, we ended up calling the band Beautiful. Um, okay, wow. Some of that stuff, some of that stuff's on on uh, YouTube, I believe. But so he played me the demos. I'm like, I'm all in. I'm like, let's do it. And so yeah. he's like, all right. When I get home from this next tour, we'll start this new band. And I'm like, awesome. So I go back to like my pizza job or whatever I'm doing. And uh, one day I get a phone call, and he's like, Do you want to play bass on this next Primer tour? And I'm like you know, hell yeah, I want to play bass on the next primer tour. <laughs> and uh, he's like, I'll, I'll email you the set list. You learn the songs tour is in like two weeks. Kobe, I guess just quit on him. Like I, I'm not, I don't, I've never met Kobe, never talked to Kobe. Don't know really much about him, but Kobe uh, was on that second album, right? Kobe well, was on the second primer, right? He was on the photos of the second album. Like, Oh, that, okay. Yeah. Bobby played based on all that. Stuff. He played oh, based I didn't on know the that. first and second album. Yeah. Technically primer was basically Bobby with, Bobby and Jason, because like the drums on the second album is John Stanier from Helmet, which is awesome, too. Like That's amazing. I've heard that before. Yeah, he's yeah. phenomenal. But yeah, so Kobe was like the touring bass player of the second album. And then um, uh, I guess he quit on Bobby or whatever. I don't, honestly, I don't even know to this day what happened there. But it was just like, do you want to come do it? I'm like, yes, I do. And I'll be there you know, with bells on. Mm-hmm. Um, we practiced. Uh, we played. We got to rehearsal. We went through a song and a half. They started arguing. We loaded Jason up the van. Bobby. Jason, Bobby, uh, you know, whoever else was there. We loaded up the van, went to the first show. Like we'd never even rehearsed. And our mm. first show in Pri- my first show with Prime 55, Lamore in Brooklyn. Like, and I'm like, oh and, gosh. You know, you know, now you watch all those like hardcore videos and and life of agony things and and you know the the typo negatives of the world, all that stuff. Lamore, Lamore, Lamore. Like that's all they talk about, you know. And so, yeah, my first show with Primer on no rehearsal, no nothing was Lamore. <laughs> and I was terrible. Like, it was just like one of those like worst case scenarios well, ever. It's before cameras, though, right? So you don't have. Yeah, uh, thankfully, I don't think phone. there's any footage. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think uh, I like uh, looking back on it, man. It was like Julia from Fuse was there and like a couple oh, of yeah. a couple of like names were there. We were we were opening for Dope. Uh, it was oh, us, dope, skin lab, and um, and yeah, it was so we we only had like God. an eight ten song set, but you know it came together a few a few uh, a few shows into the tour. When you said you were terrible, did you have problems hearing your monitor, or were you having problems like I mean, you you probably knew the songs well. Was it like what, what was what was happening? <laughs> I guess because um, you guys didn't practice it all together, so well, it's, everything's new. I think looking back on it, I think I, I probably could have been better rehearsed, but I was so used to 12 volt songs because I'd been in that band. Like that was basically the only band I'd really ever been in. And oh, so yeah. and a lot of those songs I wrote and it was all muscle memory. So I, you know, you can just like, uh, you know, people have asked me like, how were the reunion shows having to relearn all that stuff? I was like, I didn't really have to relearn it because I wrote most of it. You know, it's like, mm, there was like yeah, one riff point. here and there, one riff here and there where we were like, how does that riff go again? But, but, um, <laughs> but with the primer stuff, I think I was a little too cocky and I thought it was just like going to come to me or something, but 
Um, <laughs> like, like by osmosis, just like one day you will learn how to play the primer songs. <laughs> yeah. What was the what was it like working with uh, being in a band with Jason? You know, I know he had his his demons and everything. Was that pretty evident right away, or did did touring kind of o- over time being on the road kind of affect him? I mean, I don't know. Like, was he partying pretty hard since since uh, you met him? I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, that first tour we did back in the day, I didn't think that we, you know, like the first the first tour was in like 2002, and I yeah. didn't really see much, uh, you know, going on at the time. You know, maybe boozing it up or and things like that, but we all were, so yeah. it wasn't like anything crazy. Um, it wasn't until the 2007 tour that we did where, like, it was evident that he. It had some demons that he was struggling with over the years that caught up with him, you know? Yeah. It's, um, it's weird. Cause, um, a few years, I mean, we, not a few years. I'm not sure when did he passed away it was a couple of years ago. Yeah, I can't I remember. Like, it's, it's been, it's actually been a while. It's like three or four years now. It's been crazy. I actually reached out to him and, um, and he was going to be on the show and we talked about it and he, I'm trying to find the file. He sent me some music and it was really heavy and really good. Yeah, um, I think I think he sent me that too because like yeah, okay, when I first he? started, when I first started the show, I had kind of reached out and was talking to him. And and I I think even on those like early shows that I was doing, I was like I was like even if I'm not involved, I would like to see Primer get back together because Jason and Bobby did have a really cool thing going on. Um, yeah, and so I don't I don't really know if it was there, how close it was. I think at one point they were talking here and there, but. But especially right now, man, with with all of these like sick new world fests and Blu-ray yeah. rock festivals and stuff like that, Primers is should be on those gigs, you know. Uh, wasn't it a time where I, I know I'm keep I'm keep going out there, but it wasn't wasn't Bones supposed to front Primer or something like that? Were you guys looking for different singers, or am I just making that up? I mean, pr- <laughs> probably. I mean, I know that they did a Killer in the Workplace band, so I mean, it could have been. Yeah. Um, um, you know, could have been a, a a talk of having bones in the band. So I think if you guys had like Robbie that that filled in for the, that uh the last Stuck Mojo album, he'd be cool, man, for a primer. Yeah. I'm just yeah, he'd be fun. Yeah, he'd be yeah, fun. Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely. I mean, I mean, I you know, we we've we've talked about stuff. I mean, it's definitely been leaked out there that we you know we talked about doing. We were supposed to like uh, do a show last year. It was actually right around the same time as the prime uh, the the 12 volt reunion stuff was, was there was, there was the actual date on the books for a primer show that we were like, this is when it's going to be. And then it just kind of vanished. So it's like it, there, <laughs> there have been, you know, 80, 85% ready to go. And so I'm just kind of like, just tell me where to be. I'll be there. You know? Yeah. It's gotta be frustrating. Um, you know, going back to your podcast, you've come such a long way. And now that you're on, you're on not fest. How did you get hooked up with uh, with those guys? Um, not vest actually. Um, I guess it'll be two years in May, but uh, I guess about two years ago in January, uh, Bees actually reached out to me. I don't know if you know who Bees is. B. He, he did uh, Mosh Talk, and he did. Um, he's done a lot of stuff. Uh, he did. Uh, um, I don't know he's just done a lot of interviews and podcasts and stuff what's, over the years. What's the name of this podcast again? Said, uh, he uh, he had mosh talks. Um, he's doing some stuff right now with the bench sevenfold. Oh, um, nice. Yeah, it, he's like constantly working. He worked, I think he worked for Kerrang for a long time. Um, oh. things like that. So, so he's he's definitely been like in the interview business for a very long time. But he had a <clears throat> he had a podcast I listened to every week for a long time, and and you know, as you do, you know, you reach out and you, you know, if you, if you, there's a podcast you like, you'll reach out and you'll say, Hey man, just let you know, you're doing a good job. I like what you're doing, you know, blah, blah, blah. And, uh, so I'd reached out to him a few times just saying, Hey man, you know, like what you're doing. Uh, he had interviewed uh Gojira like a long time ago and they broke down chaos AD by Sepultura. And like that, <laughs> I thought that was just, a, that was like a, my, that's my favorite Sepultura album. It was just a really cool, uh, uh, episode. Um, for their show back then. And uh, so I just kept in touch with him and he hit me up one day. Cause he was, he was kind of, uh, I guess one of the, the creatives behind the original not fest Twitch channel because the not fest Twitch channel was supposed to be uh, Monday through Friday, like four to 12 Eastern just content, you know, like yeah. a two hour, a two hour news show, um, a two hour, this a, a countdown show, and then, you know, basically 
they were looking for content creators and people in and hosts. And uh, so he hit me up and said, hey, man, do you want to do a show on NotFest? And it's kind of like with the Bobby Bird saying, it's like, if Bias wants me to do something, I'm saying yes to whatever it is, and I'll figure right. it out later kind of thing. And um, he kind of told me the rundown, and and that Thursday was going to be the, I guess, the throwback day, you know, kind of the, the throwback day. So they wanted me to do a show kind of based around, you know, like my new metal stuff. And so I ended up doing a, a two-hour show called Throwback Throwdown with Toomey over there on the NotFest Twitch and the Twitch was going for a while, but like it, the numbers just weren't there to kind of keep it going. I, it didn't, in, in theory, it sounded great and execution didn't come out as well as planned. Um, mm. A lot of the hosts are still doing stuff for the, for the channel because I think they moved a lot of the Twitch stuff just over to the YouTube channel. Yes. Um, yeah. And, and the YouTube channel and the website and the, the Instagram is like, it's like where we get most of our hits, man. It's crazy how many people see those, the, the Instagram reels that they put out of just clips from the shows, just do insane numbers. Like, you know, 20, wow, 30, that's awesome. 20, 30,000 views on those things. It's, it is nuts. Um, yeah, that's amazing. But, uh, but yeah, so basically like when they called me about the, the throwback throwdown in the talks about throwback throwdown, I kept being like, Hey, I got this podcast. You know, if you guys want a podcast, you know, kind of kept throwing that out there. And they kind of kept hitting me back with, well, let's just wait and see. Let's get through this first episode, blah, blah, blah. And I I booked uh, Heidi from Butcher Babies as my first guest on, on Throwback Throwdown. Uh, she came on and did like an hour long interview. And she, I mean, she's just great to interview, period. I mean, she's she's from the radio. She, she has a radio background. And uh, so she knows kind of how to even if she, the interviewer uh, is bad, she can carry an interview. Yeah, so she, she, yeah, that's that, that's good, man. I, so I, she, that would uh, up, man, too. Yeah, yeah. So she she killed it. Um, you know, I'm self deprecating, so I got off the Twitch. <laughs> I like, you know, I hit you know end session or whatever on the Twitch. Got off. I'm like, that was the worst thing ever. They're gonna <laughs> fire. They're gonna fire me instantly. I'm gonna be banished from the internet and whatnot. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. And I look down at my phone, man, and I've got texts from some of the higher ups at NotFest, and he killed it, man. Great interview. Oh my god, we got to get the podcast. Like they immediately wanted talk to me to come over as a podcast on on the network too, and um. And yeah, man. So it's 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 crazy, man. I've I've now made more money from podcasting than I ever did in music. It's pretty pretty insane. It's insane. What made you um decide to get a co-host? I know Chris Aiken. You're doing that with him. Yeah. Um. I mean, I've I've dabbled with co-hosts over the years. You know, with John Drake and and Mike mm. G and and uh, it, I even do I did that sidecast with uh, with Ian from the Rock and Metal Combat podcast and just. It just really gives me a chance to maybe have a little bit more of a voice because in, in an interview, you know, you're just interviewing, Hey man, you know, tell me about your band. Tell me about the new album. Tell me about this. And and there's really not a whole lot of my personality uh, mm -hmm. in those things. So, so grabbing a co-host and just kind of bouncing stuff off of them. Um, you know, and you know, when Chris first came on and when uh, Chris Aiken first came on, he was supposed to be just kind of, you know, the intro to the episode, I would play the interview. And then after the interview, we would do some, you know, little wrap up stuff and get out. And then after a while, you know, he's a talker, I'm a talker and I've <laughs> known him. I've known him since, since the early days of talk to me. And he and I would have these marathon call phone calls over the years, just talking shit about everything, talking about the new, <laughs> this talking about that. So, um, so when it came time, it was funny because I heard Aiken's answer on your on your podcast about how he, how it came to be that he came on. But I mean, I'm really my my question or my my <laughs> my proposal to him was, "Hey man, I'm about to start looking for a co-host, but I'm going to give you first option to say no, kind of deal, and you know to to see if you want." Because I mean, I always I always wanted him as a, as a co-host. So when I, I there's a uh, I'll see it on my Facebook memories you know, obviously once a year, but it's like the first time I ever interviewed him, I said, Neely has the easiest job in the world or something like that. So, I mean, <laughs> you just like give, give Aiken a topic and, and you let him go, man. And he'll just, he'll just talk, talk your head off, man. But, uh, yeah. yeah so I just, 
No, I'm sorry to interrupt you. Uh, and, uh, and I'm new at podcasting, so I interrupt people a lot. So I'm trying to work on that. <laughs> uh, but, but yeah, I was just going to talk about Neely. You brought him up. Uh, that's the guy I want to meet. Have you ever met Neely before? I have never met Neely. I don't even think I've ever like exchanged a, an email or a text message or anything. I, I was on the CMS early on as a guest, you know, when they, when they were bringing more guests on. But yeah, I think that might be the only time I've ever really interacted with them, which is weird. Yeah. <laughs> well, they didn't meet each other for a long time, right? I know they worked together forever and never met each other face to face. So, but well, they they knew each other in Cleveland, and then Neely oh, moved okay. away, and and that's when they when they when they moved apart. That's when they had to. I mean, if you listen back to every once in a while, on the CMS they'll they'll kind of fall down that nostalgia rabbit hole about how the the CMS you know came to be and and or the the current ideation or uh, you know the current uh situation that they're in about you know yeah. the internet because obviously trying to do a podcast over the internet in 2002 sounds insane <laughs> yeah, <dude. laughs> you know so uh, yeah man it's 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 a fun story okay here's the last thing we got to talk about for real uh and i gotta get johnny you are pantera we gotta talk about pantera oh yeah let's do uh, that but johnny are you are you a pantera fan you gotta say yes because yeah they got that song about walking right that's them <laughs> Exactly. Uh, yeah, I'm in. I'm in. <laughs> are you so um where are you gonna see them? Are they coming to your town, Timmy? Uh they are not taking over this town, but they are <laughs> <laughs> um we bought tickets for St. Louis, which is about four hours to the west of me. Um, and then they announced that they will be oh no, they are coming to my town. I'm sorry, they're playing louder than life. Uh oh, so nice. they'll be they'll be doing louder than life, and then they're also doing uh uh, a show in Indianapolis, which is you know a couple hours north of me, so I'll I'll be hitting that one up too. You're so lucky to have louder than life at, at your hometown. You know what I mean? I mean that's uh, I, I don't think Atlanta gets those kind of festivals like that. I mean that's huge. Yeah, the um, the, I mean it's crazy because it's like right off the eggs, uh, right off the interstate too. So like I can literally get on the egg, like it's 15 minute drive from my house, and it's at the um, kind of like, I guess the fairgrounds or whatever. So it's it's equipped for the traffic and the different entrances and all that stuff. So really getting in yeah. and getting out of there is not, unless you stay, unless you stay for the very last note of the very last band, <laughs> you know, you're going to, you can get in and out pretty quick. That's amazing. See, that doesn't exist here. <laughs> so yeah. Most places here. It's not like that. Uh, can you real fast talk about that? Uh, the helmet you have in the background. I like the oh, way yeah. it's placed. The, the Vinnie Paul. <laughs> estate. Yeah, man. When awesome. the, uh, yeah, when the Vinnie Paul estate kind of came out uh, with that they were going to be selling off some of his memorabilia items, I was just like, oh, that's cool. And so I went through the list and and I was going through the sports memorabilia and he was a big Cowboys fan and a big, you know, Dallas Stars fan and and uh, Las Vegas uh, Golden Knights fan. And so I guess he had uh, some random football helmets. And and so I saw that Vinnie Paul owned a Tennessee Titans football helmet. And I was like, well, if anybody's going to own a Tennessee Titans football helmet that was owned by Vinnie Paul, it needs to be me. So, uh, so yeah, man, I was actually on a, on a vacation with my wife, uh, with her, her family is up, up in, uh, Northern New York, like up around, uh, the Watertown area. And, uh, oh, nice. we, so we were staying, yeah, there you go. Shout out Watertown. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and so we were, um, hanging out and it was like the day of the auction and i was like all right you go hang out with your family i i gotta win this this helmet or whatever and um actually i was the only one that ended up bidding on it so i ended up being <laughs> the one to get it like i i didn't have to like really sweat it out because no one else and this auction didn't end like it the whole auction didn't end until 10 minutes after the final bid so like if someone was in a bid, yeah so 10 minutes after the final bid. So oh, like, I if see. you, so like if you and Johnny were fighting over this one piece that was in, you know, of the, of the thousands of pieces, it could go on all night until you two stopped. And then Whoa, the auction was that's over. crazy. So yeah, you had to kind of keep just like waiting and waiting. Cause there was a, it was like the auction is over at 4 PM or until the last item is bid on, you know, kind of thing. So it was, it was like, yeah, that that time frame came and went. I think it did go on for like another four hours or something like that. Like, so it, I was I was sweating it out, but I I my my item wasn't the one everybody was fighting over. I don't know what it was, but it wasn't mine. You sound so grown up when you talk about talk about this because I, I've been on stuff too. But my my style is, it's about midnight. I've had 
<laughs> too many drinks. I, yeah. I hit the note. Oh, I'll get this one and go to bed. But it sounds like you were like, you really wanted this, man. That's, that's cool. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, I, I, I talked to the wife, you know, I, I, I pre-warned the wife, you know, I don't, I, I ask permission, unlike Scott Bowling, who asks for forgiveness when he buys. Yes. Stuff, you know? <laughs> yeah, dude. That did that with um, the pinball machine behind me. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm staring right at it. But no, the um, <laughs> it was kind of a you know it was it was a running thing on the on the podcast, and, and it kind of made for good show fodder. And then it came in, and I I did an unboxing video and and all that yeah, stuff for it too, man. So it was it was fun, man. But yeah, it's like a full on like real helmet. Like it's not like a replica that you would just buy. It's like, you know, it's like player issued, but it wasn't ever issued to a player. Like if that makes sense. Yeah, man. Uh, when you first got it, did you just like stare at it for a long time? Like, like it's a new tattoo or something. You just look at uh, it. <laughs> stared at it for a while. And then I, the one thing I really did was I, I went back to interviews at his house and I was like, really like keeping an eye in the background to see if I could see it like up on a shelf or if it was like in a bar area, maybe it was above the bar or something, you know, like oh, I kept, yeah. I kept hoping to, to find it in, in the, uh, in his estate somewhere, not just like, cause I mean, theoretically he could have, it could have been gifted to him and he never even saw it, but you know, you did you ever know. find it? Did you ever find no, it? I never picture? did. I, I haven't found it yet. No. Hey Johnny, have you ever won anything like that before? A, a football helmet from a famous drummer? No, but I got a drumstick from a famous linebacker. Who was that? No, no, that's just reversing what happened to him. That's oh, that's it. nothing like that has ever happened to me. But that's really cool. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome, man. Um, what else, man? So, what else you got? Uh, what else you got going on besides uh, not fest? Are you hosting oh. anything live before? Because I remember you did with um, with Chris Sinzak. Oh, my mind's going blank. The the uh, Rock and Pod. You were didn't you do some live stuff with him? Uh, probably. Um, I mean, the See, only that's intense, thing, man. Yeah, that like uh, doing the live Twitch stream every week on NotFest Twitch was was nerve wracking. Like it was yeah. every week, you know, it just like gives you like the pit of your stomach as, as you go live. And then as soon as you like get off, you're just like, oh, God, like and, and you can even take breaks with that. But that was a, a lot of that was just because I was solo. Like I was fine once the guest started to pop in. But when it's just like you and a camera and you're just like trying to talk to it. Like That's it, crazy. It, yeah. It's, it's a, it's, it's a skill that, uh, I don't know, man. It's, 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 it's tough. You know, we always like where well, I said, we, me and you, but, um, Eddie trunk, we, we always pick it on him and I, I keep bringing him up in a lot of interviews and stuff, yeah. but, but he, um, I think that's my goal. I'm going to bring up Eddie Trunk in like every interview. I think that's my, <laughs> my, my goal. But uh, he, um, the way he talks, though, for two or three hours, I mean, it's, that's got to be challenging. You know, when you're just talking yeah. to a microphone, keep it going. That's, that's some skills, man. But, but yeah. doing a live would be crazy. Yeah. I think it's, it's, it's definitely a skill that you learn over the years. But I mean, you know, he gets callers, he gets talked to his producer, he has interviews, like he mm. breaks it up a little bit too. So, I don't know, man. I, I think I need to work on that skill a little bit more of just of just clicking on a mic and just going. Dude, yeah, yeah. Me and me too. Um, is there any artists that you haven't had on your show that you really want or you're you're trying to get right now? Um I mean, there's I mean, there's always, you know. I've never had Rex on. I'd like to have Rex from Pantera on. He's hey he's with, a, with Chris. <laughs> yeah, with, with, with or without Chris on that one. Um <laughs> I mean, you know, Chino probably is probably the that's best. on my list, man. Yeah. Oh, Scott, I'll tell you the story. Here, here's the okay. story for Scott. Here's the exclusive for Scott Bowling. Thank you. I want the uh, exclusive. So back in the day, like I'm talking like way back in the day, like uh, Deftones are opening for 311 in Nashville on the adrenaline adrenaline uh, adrenaline tour, um, and like they they literally have no songs other than the songs on adrenaline like you know yeah, they yeah. that kind They're of just doing that one album yeah yeah that's the album they have so i <laughs> i i i meet chino and the guys like I, for some reason i'm on their bus chino had just bought like the big millennium falcon like at the at a at a used toy store or something and so <laughs> and this was i'm like 17 at the time and uh i go uh i knew where there was there were some star wars lunch boxes for sale so I was like, hey man, you know, I've got a, I saw I told him I have a couple of Star Wars lunchboxes, you know, if you want them. Um, he was like, dude, if you mail them to me, that I'll I'll you know love you forever type thing or whatever. So he gives me his home address back in Whoa. the day, right? So I go and I buy these two Star Wars lunchboxes. I mail him one of them, 
And then I see him, I, I, I see him again on the, around the fur tour. I forget what city, I think it's in Memphis. And I, this is 12 volts already going. So I like a Trojan horse, like a couple of uh, 12 volt uh, cassettes and some stickers and all this shit in the mail and in, in the lunchbox, in the, the lunchbox. Yeah, nice. And I give, I give it to him. You know, I said, when I see him again, I give it to him. He's like, oh man, this is awesome. There's actually a video. I'll, I'll find it and I'll send it to you of him kind of doing like a pseudo like bus tour. Like, Hey, here's our bus or whatever. And he pulls out the star Wars lunchbox. No way. And he, and he goes, Hey, he goes, Hey man, you know, this is where I keep my lunch or whatever, but you can hear all the shit in the, in the lunchbox, like clicking around, which is funny. So yeah, that's amazing. So fast forward to like a couple of months ago, um, you know, Dewey from Pure Pleasure had Love Chino Dewey. on. He's friends with Chino. Yeah. I never, but I, I didn't want to be like, hey, man, you know, like ask Chino uh, about me or ask Chino if he remembers me or some shit, right? Oh, you should have, so, man. So, well, so one night him and I, him and I are messaging about something. And uh, I told him, I was like, you know, I met Chino back in the day. And he goes, oh, yeah. And he, I was like, yeah, man, I gave him two Star Wars lunchboxes. He goes, those are up in his studio. I was like, what? I was like, the Star Wars lunchboxes are still up in his studio. And uh, so uh, I told I told Dewey, I was like, well, next time you see him, you let him know that, you know, the guy that gave him to him or whatever. Yes. Seriously, <laughs> man. That is amazing. Yeah. That's an amazing story, man. I, was uh, I had that he still has those things. Yeah. It, what's funny, though, is did you say you offered them to Chino and he said, here's my address. And then you said, then you went out and bought, bought them like you didn't yeah. already have them. And no. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> so you're like, Chino, I got these uh, at the house. Yeah. I mean, I was like, yeah, <laughs> I got a couple Star Wars lunchboxes. And I went, <laughs> and then, you know, I went. Bought and then them you had to them. scour Walmart. Oh, please, God, still have these in stock. Well, I mean, so. they were no, they were like. <laughs> You know, this was the '90s. They were from the '70s. I'm talking like used. Oh, okay. You know, oh, I see. Yeah, well, yeah. You know, like old school lunch boxes, <laughs> like collectible lunch boxes. But yeah, man, I went, I went and bought them, and uh, and yeah, shipped them to them, and I, I still have like the, the remember mailboxes, etc. I still have like the receipt yeah. for. I think I spelled his name wrong and everything. Else, Did you? <laughs> yeah, dude, I would have like I would frame the address he gave me. <laughs> like I'm, I'm nerdy, man. I, I, that's hilarious. Uh, I've also I've had um. Uh, Def T- I've had Juan on the show, their uh, yeah. the road guy, and uh, man, I can definitely send you his contacts, man. If you ever want to talk to him, man, he's got stories. I mean, he's he's awesome, man. His name's Juan. Yeah, yeah. and then we had a uh, you know bass player on. Both of us had. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, oh, uh, Sergio. <laughs> There's Sergio. I'm like Sergio. You know, I was blanking on his name, man. I'm getting old, but uh, yeah, Sergio. The Sergio was uh, was a great interview. But, uh, you did a great job, and you guys, you and uh, everyone had them fresh, and then I had them like last. I think I was like maybe one of the last <laughs> ones, and so the Sergio guy's like, "Look, I can't talk about anything." Deftones. I'm like, "Okay, man," <laughs> but yeah, yeah that was I, a great interview. I heard through the grapevine that I, I think the Sergio from the stuff he said on my show kind of got in some trouble. Oh yeah, so yeah, just the fact that he went, they went to the Grammys, right? Was it the Grammys where they're all sitting yeah. together and not talking? I mean, I was like, oh, it's so awkward. But yeah, yeah anyway, I would go. Oh yeah, I would too. <laughs> <laughs> I also had um uh Cheese brother on the show, so I yeah. I definitely pass you his stuff around. He was funny, man. Yeah, he he was nervous before the interview, and and uh, he drank a little too much. So if you watch it, he's kind of got the. The uh, early 2000s Phil and Samo look like where, where his eyes are kind of <laughs> nice. <laughs> hey, man, I appreciate being on the show, man. This is awesome. Yeah. Um, me and Johnny are learning, as you can tell. Uh, we're, I'm green. I'm I'm learning. But uh, it's uh, podcasting, man. It's it's cool. It's uh, you've done a great job. Obviously, you've done this what seven years, seven or eight years now. So it's yeah, really it's like cool. seven, seven and a half or something. I was thinking about that today. It's like it'll be eight years, and I think. September, I think, is around the early first part of September is my first episode. Yeah, did you ever think that when you first started? You're like, I'm going to be doing this for almost a decade, (laughs) right? Well, I kind of gave my, I kind of gave myself like a like a ten year, like if you know, a window, and I was like, man, that ten year window is coming up, you know, like like it's two years out, man. Yeah, man. Well, you inspired me, and I I know you inspired a lot of people, man. Seriously, like. uh, I saw what you were doing, and uh, and uh, I don't know if you remember this. I, I'll say this, and we'll wrap it up. But I sent you that Pantera book. Yeah, you remember yeah. that? And then you saw on your podcast. You're like, I gave this dude my address. I didn't know if he was going to send me like a severed head. There it is. Yeah, <laughs> it's right there. See, man, it's like it's not a lunchbox, but it's cool, man. It's a book. Yeah, no, <laughs> no. Um, 
Yeah, it's funny you always say that. You're like, you know, like Josh inspired me to do a podcast. I always just assume you're like, this jackass can do an episode. <laughs> then then, then no, anybody dude. can do it. I think that's what you're hearing more than anything. Well, the artists you were getting, I was like, I I loved all these people you're interviewing. And it just like, I started getting nostalgic. And then I started reaching out to people and kind of got that ball rolling. But yeah. going for you, man, you know, I don't know what kind of podcast I would have. You know, I don't know if I'd be <laughs> who I'd be interviewing because I like all kinds of music, but yeah, I kind of went down this the, one rebel. I think the one thing with, you know, I'm sure you do it too, where you're like on to the next episode, you're on to the next guest, you're on to the next booking. And so yes. it's hard to like really sit back and go, man, I, you know, with you, it's like, man, I head from corn in my house, you know, like, like Dude, things like yes. that, you know, how, how big of a deal that is to, to, you know, our generation, you know, how big those guys were and, and just the fact that, you know, they're cool enough to to answer the phone sometimes when you call them. Okay. So let me ask you this. This is because I think about this a lot is when I'm having in those kind of situations and when you're about to, when you are about to interview somebody big, for me, I can't psych myself out. So it's almost, I can't think about it too much. And so after, after the fact, then I can be like, I can't believe it felt like a dream, but it's, yeah. um, I just wish I could actually like let it soak in more. I don't know. Do you let it soak in? I I I'm worried about psyching myself out, so I'm trying not to get overwhelmed with holy crap head from corns at my house. Yeah, but I uh, wish I could. Uh, you know. Yeah. No. I I don't know. I don't know if I psych myself out or or like I can't. I definitely not in the moment. Like I don't think. And yes. I, like, yeah. You like can't my, think my too hard. One, yeah. My big one is like Jason Newstead. You know, we're like, I'm that like, that was amazing. You know, when I get him and I'm like, uh, I actually had to take it, I, I took a day off of work. You know, I was like, because normally I have my interviews on my day off and like I can funnel, you know, funnel everything. The show's big enough to where, you know, if they want to be on the show, then they could come on the, my day. But it was like, it was a Friday and it's like, hey, can you interview Jason Monday at noon? And I'm like, yes, I can. It was kind of like the whole, deal, you know, <laughs> hey, Chino, I've got these lunch boxes. Now I got to go get the lunch boxes. It's like, you know, are you? Are you <laughs> I love that. Yeah, now I got to go get them. Yeah. <laughs> are you free? You know, are you free Monday at noon? Yes, I am. You know, and I go, I go to my work, and my my boss is actually a big metal head, and he's always like, who you got next on the show type stuff. So he oh, knew. That's good. You know, I was like, hey, I need a sick day for Monday type stuff, and uh, he's like, oh yeah, definitely. You, he's like, you definitely have to take that day off, kind of stuff, and um. So we get there and uh, and I'm kind of like just, you know, I got I got like pages and pages of notes on a guy that I probably don't need any notes on at all. But then all of a sudden, you know, like like you're doing there, you know, boop, and here comes, you know, Jason Newstead pops up on oh, your screen God. and you're just like, holy shit, it's happening. Like, don't fuck this up, you know? Oh, yeah. Do, but, do when that happens, do you get like. Uh, you're 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 better than me, but I, you get like a shot of whiskey or a shot of something to eat the nerves. Or you just you just go in and like just jump all in. Like if, if Jason Newstead, I'd be like, maybe I should shotgun a beer. I don't know. I mean, Jason Newstead's right there. <laughs> Jason Newstead, would you like to shotgun a beer with me? <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I, I've talked about this a lot too. Like you know, even prior to the band days, you know, like when I was like, I think I started going to shows when I was like thirteen or fourteen, and my my friend Jeremy and I immediately tried to figure out how to meet the bands so like oh, i did yes yes absolutely. so like in my in my first it was it was 94 so i guess i was 14 uh 14 15 and so you know first show i ever go to cannibal corpse you know death metal show i meet cannibal corpse that night and i'm like oh well this is just gonna happen every time right <laughs> and then the next big show is is coming through is like pantera and so we found we found where they were what hotel they were staying at we staked out the hotel you know, I go to the bathroom. I come and my friend Jeremy runs in. He's like, dime bag is checking out right now. You know? And I'm like, <laughs> I run out and, uh, we, I saw the big pink beard, you know, this is on the, uh, far beyond driven tour. And, and, uh, we had actually met big Val earlier in the day. If you're a Pantera, oh, cool. fan, you know, big, yes, Val. big Val, he was like sitting, just sitting in the lobby and we're like, you know, me and Jeremy are like, Hey, big Val. And he's like, <laughs> All right, guys, if you're going to, you know, as long as you guys are cool, they'll take your photos or whatnot, sign your stuff and just don't be, you know, don't be dicks or whatever. And we're like, yes, sir, big Val. <laughs> like, and, uh, and so, yeah, I've got, I've got some, I've got photos, man. My friend, Jeremy, dude, he, uh, he carried, carried around one of those like 35 Miller, 35 millimeter, like long cameras or whatever, and just took photos all the time. And if it wasn't for him, I wouldn't have any photos of anybody from back in the day, but he always oh, had a oh, camera man. with him. 
And uh, dude, you I, should start posting those, man. You should like post them every so often, you know, so people can see I, them. I, I, I throw some stuff, you know, some stuff up every once in a while whenever I come across them. But um, but yeah, man, we met Pantera. Metallica came through a couple months later or a couple weeks later, actually. I met Metallica that night. You know, so I mean, I've been around the rock stars enough, and and I've always like. What am I going to ask them that not like what everybody else has asked them? You know, like you just, mm. like, you know, like try to think of a cool question to ask them. And you know, we there was a, a club similar to that. Actually, you know, we would go down to the Masquerade all the time too. But uh, yeah. like uh, the uh, Nashville's Masquerade was called Three Twenty Eight Performance Hall, and they had this alley behind the the club that you know all the buses parked in and. I got to be kind of, you know, they didn't try to run us off all the time when I was around. So, you know, that's where I was meeting like Life of Agony. And, uh, you know, actually, I think I met Corn the first time there. And, <sighs> you know, like all like all those bands were just just they would park there and have nothing else to do and get off the bus and come say hi and, and you know, move on. But, yeah, they so I've I talked to a lot of musicians, musicians over the years. And so seeing them kind of pop up on the screen is not too crazy. It's still like holy shit, bro. Like, I mean, don't get me wrong. Like as soon as it's over, I'm like taking a screenshot and I, I send it to my buddy Eli or something, you know, and be like, dude, <laughs> dude. I mean, well, and, and another thing, like when you say pop on the screen, I mean, you're like, having, you're going to, you're about to interview this dude. I mean, we grew yeah. up watching like Matt Penfield and all <laughs> right? these people. So meeting him at a show is, is amazing. And I did the same thing, but when you have Jason, you said, and you're like, okay, now I have to carry on this whole interview. And that's really cool, man. I mean, could you, when you were a kid, you probably never thought like, Hey, I'm going to interview the bass player from Metallica. That's amazing. <laughs> right? Yeah, I know. Like just if the show would have ended right there, I'd have been like, all right, yeah, I'm good. <laughs> yeah, dude. Well, we, I, I have to say, man, uh, me and you are, are a lot alike. Cause I grew up trying to meet bands too, just like you. And we, we yeah, I think we're very similar in that aspect. And, and, um, and you got to meet Dimebag Daryl, which was, that's a whole nother story. You don't have to get into it if you don't want to, but, that was very lucky, by the way. Didn't you yeah. get to go backstage and, and hang out with him or something like that? Like he welcomed you backstage? Um, I mean, I I <clears throat> I, I pulled it up one day and I looked at it and I, I met Dimebag for the first time in August of 94. And then I'm the last time I spoke to him was August of 2004. Almost almost 10 years to the exact date. It's wow. it's only off by a couple of days, which is weird. Um, yeah, man. Like when I was, like I said, when I was a kid, I met him on the far beyond driven tour. I, I, you know, would, would finagle backstage passes and meet him here and there. Uh, one year I went to Ozfest, whatever. I think that was like what? 2000 maybe. Oh, oh and, airplane. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I was there too. Atlanta. Yeah. And, uh, I went to the, the, I went to, we went to St. Louis and I just broke up with my girlfriend. I was having like one of those moments and they, they had they were they were giving away these cd samplers like you know throw bust a balloon get a cd sampler you know throw this through the the through the hoop get up it's like all these carnival games yeah. but you but you got a little pack of cassette samplers or cd samplers or whatnot um all this like you know just kind of promo stuff from the bands on ozfest and it, a little help wanted sign i'm mm. like what's that help wanted sign mean and the guy was like oh um you know, you, you basically go, you set up all these things, you run them all day, you get like 75 bucks, you get to watch some of the bands, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I want a job. So I ended up leaving with the OzFest, like, I, cause I rode up with some friends and I was like, Hey, I'm leaving with OzFest. <laughs> like, whatever. <laughs> I actually do that 50, now. <laughs> yeah. Primer 55 was actually on that OzFest too. Um, so I go to, I, we did St. Louis, we did, Houston, we did Dallas, we did somewhere else. I think I did four Ozfests, and they were taking like a week break off, and they were driving to like Seattle. So like there was for the second leg of Ozfest. So we get to Houston, and I'm like, all right, I'm done. I'm just gonna gonna go home. Um, but in Dallas at the Dallas show, uh, there was there was rumblings around that everybody was gonna go to the clubhouse, which was Vinnie Paul's strip club in Dallas, and everybody that was on the Ozfest was invited. So I was like, well, I'm fucking going. I'm, you know, yes. I'm, I'm on the Ozfest. So I go and like, you know, I, Kitty was there and Disturbed guys oh, were there. Yeah, and, it's amazing. And, and and it was a private party. So like it wasn't just stragglers and they it was just mm. everybody that was there. And then me, like the like a Forrest Gump of metal type thing. <laughs> That's great. And um, and uh, <laughs> so, yeah, man, Dimebag was like walking around, <laughs> handing out shots to everybody. You know, Phil was emceeing the the dancers on the thing. He was? Um, <laughs> That's yeah, cool. Yeah, and like Phil and I mean, uh, uh, 
<laughs> dime and, and Vinny got up and like played Van Halen covers. I mean, it was, it was a crazy night. That is but, amazing. Uh, but yeah, so, so kind of getting, getting around that side of the, of the Pantera camp too. And then, like I said, when I saw him in August of 04, I almost didn't go to that show because I didn't really like Damage Plan. I was bummed out about the Pantera thing. It wasn't like a big deal. And I actually got talked into going. And we go to the show and it's okay. And they they ended up closing the night with uh, a new level and walk. And then we went out to to leave and like Dimebag was out signing autographs. And so I was like, you know what? I'm going to go over and talk to him. And I hadn't seen him in, you know, probably like what four years. And I had done the primer thing since then. And I'd, I'd done some stuff. So I, I got to talk to him and I, and looking back, it's a really bizarre conversation because it was like a closure type thing. So I, I was like, Hey man, I just want to say thank you for inspiring me to, to, to play music and to tour and to have fun. And, you know, I mean, I have so much film, like we would, we would film everything because we thought we were Pantera. You know, we have so many own videos of us goofing around in 12 volts. Yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, so I just kind of thanked him for everything and I had a really good closure. And he's like, yeah, brother, and all that crap. And then I left and, and yeah, a couple of months later, that, that's when he got murdered. So it was a very bizarre closure to my dime bag fandom. How, how did you find out when he got murdered? Like, who did somebody tell you or did you see it on the news? Um, we had, so this was when Bobby was in Soulfly and Bobby knew I was a huge Pantera fan and he had gotten some like word like six months earlier that that Phil had actually died. Like he not this was this wasn't anything that really happened. He just there was just word that Phil had died. This wasn't the drug overdose. This wasn't Pantera. And so I told everybody I knew that that Phil had died. Right. Whoa. So and then obviously he is not dead. Um, yeah. <laughs> That's so, crazy though. <laughs> so I had. So the night that he that Dimebag was murdered, I was I was living in this apartment complex that had like it had a it had a clubhouse and it had a couple of computers in the clubhouse that had like high speed internet at the time, which was whatever that was. But it just wasn't what I had in my house. So I would go down at, at night when nobody was in there and just get on the internet and surf the internet and stuff like that. And um and someone had told me that they had heard Dimebag got murdered. I, I don't know who told me, but I wasn't going to say a word until I got confirmation. And so I'm sitting there at this <laughs> at this computer desk, like hitting refresh. And finally, it popped up on like CNN or something, you know, a Pantera guitarist or, you know, rock guitarist Dimebag Daryl had been murdered. Um, so, yeah, man, I, I heard pretty fast that it had happened. And um uh, but yeah, I had to go. I had to go down to my club, the clubhouse at my apartment complex, and like really figure out like what was going on. Yeah, you didn't want to send out a chain uh, text messages and tell them the wrong person died again or something. Yeah, I didn't want to send send out the bulletin on MySpace. That, uh... <laughs> on MySpace, yeah. <laughs> it's interesting about people that that um, you know. I mean, you you're you're maybe a year or two older than me, but thinking back growing up, it's always like for me, it was like Kurt Cobain. I remember when he passed away mm-hmm. and Lane yeah. Staley and. And and dime was was right up there on that list, man. It's uh we're getting we're getting old, but the, these yeah. people we grew up listening to passing away. Yeah, yeah that dime was that. pretty hard. I remember when Kurt Cobain died, man. I got home from school that day, and it was like Kurt Loader was on TV, and you're he's just like you know, Kurt, but Kurt Cobain has committed suicide, blah blah blah. And this girl I went to high school with, she was like the biggest Nirvana fan, and I called her, and I was like. It's like Kirk Cobain's dead. And she's like, no, he's not, you know, doing all that stuff. <laughs> and I was like, turn on MTV. It's all over, you know, but, but yeah, that was, uh, that was a crazy day too. Yeah. Uh, luckily we didn't have MySpace back then. It would have been on, on MySpace on your, on your wall. Johnny, do you remember when uh, Kirk Cobain died? What were you doing? I was actually living in Rio de Janeiro at the time. So, um, and I'm probably maybe just a little bit younger than you guys. So I had just heard Nirvana when that happened. And I put it together. That was pretty sad for me, though, man. Because I mean, they're they're probably my favorite band of all time, always. Yeah. So, and I'm I'm a conspiracy theorist, so I'm not <laughs> going to say that he was uh, that he. Courtney did it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I don't know, man. I think she did. It looks like it. Maybe I'm crazy. I don't know. <laughs> no, no, uh, losing Taylor was pretty pretty tragic too. I forgot to bring that up too. I don't know. Are you a Foo Fighters fan? Uh, 
to me. Um, I forgot your name for a second. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, uh, who are you? <laughs> uh, I don't hate them. I, I, you know, they're not my favorite band, but I, I, uh, I tend, I guess I'm a singles guy. You know, I, I like what they do. I was actually talking with Baco the other day about the, the Foo Fighters movie, not the, not the, uh, the documentary or whatever of their the whole horror career. Movie. No, no, yeah. no, not the horror movie, the documentary oh. movie that, that whatever it was called, that was like, they're spanning their career. That yeah. It's called back and up. forth. Yeah. Back yeah, and yeah. Forth. That's really, that's really good. Great documentary. Yeah. Yeah. All right, man. Um, well, dude, I really appreciate being on the show, man. And, uh, I definitely want you back on the show. I want you. I want you here at the bar in person right. sometime, man. But uh, you mean a lot to me, man. We we're like uh, appreciate it. Same age, kind. Of, you know, you're a little older, man. I mean, probably way older. But no, I'm kidding. Uh, but uh, not that old. We, I'm 43 years old, Scott. Jesus, are you serious? I'm yeah. gonna be 43. God, God, we're the same age. Yeah. No, but we listen to the same kind of stuff, man. And and. Uh, and uh, anyway, but uh, you've been you've inspired me a lot. So thank you for being on the show, man. Absolutely. Man. Means yeah, a lot. I have to. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, we're, we're going to Florida in uh, March, but I think that, you know, it's going to be I'll probably be passing your house at like three in the morning. So if you do that, please uh, don't come in. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> My wife would not like that. Yeah. Scott, wake up. Yeah, yeah wake up. <laughs> Just play Pantera in the in the driveway yeah. really loud. <laughs> All right, man. Well, thank you again for being on the show, man. Uh keep in cut keep in Absolutely. touch. And uh Absolutely. I want to have you back on the show, man. We'll, we'll do it. Anytime, tomorrow. Scott. You know I'm here. I'm here anytime. You're the man. Thank you, brother. <laughs>